You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast on the 5x5 Network. You're listening to episode 357 and I'm your host, Brittany Martin. Brian is back. As a reminder, Brian Mariani is the founder of Mirror Placement, a Ruby on Rails focused recruiting firm based in Boston, Massachusetts. Since 2006, Brian has been connecting Rails engineers with Rails startups across the country. He thoroughly enjoys being part of the Rails community and helping foster the growth, camaraderie, and mentorship the community is known for. Welcome back to the show, Brian. Hey, Brittany. Thanks for having me back. I love being on. Well, you were last on in July of 2020, and as we are all well aware, things have changed. So, Brian, what is the most standout thing in the recruiting space that's changed? Well, there's definitely been several, um, but one, one of the, uh, it was kind of a funny word I think I used in my email to you. I said that the, uh, you know, the job market is ferocious. Um, and I figured a roller derby professional like yourself would definitely appreciate that term. Um, but the, it is true. There's so much hiring going on, uh, almost to the level we have never seen. So it's an awesome time to be actually looking for a job and looking for a developer and, and we'll kind of get into those things. Um, but yeah, no, we are as busy as we've ever been. It's, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun to continue to work with the startups we work with and the engineers as they're kind of seeking new things for 2021. Do you think it's related to the vaccine finally getting out there? I'm curious too, if you even saw a holiday dip around December or has it just really been picking up and it's just been very busy right now? Yeah, so the, and I've talked to a lot of developers about this because a lot of them seem to echo that they've seen the same thing just by like the the LinkedIn chatter that they get from recruiters and stuff like that. Um, So for 2020, the tide shift really started in like July, August where all of a sudden we were decently busy, like in, in gratefully so for what was going on with the pandemic in March, April, May. Um, and then July, August hit, there was this tide shift and all of a sudden I just felt like my phone was ringing a little more, my emails were get inbox was a little more full. And uh, when right between the holidays, which is usually an odd time because it, it, things tend to slow down, but I think everyone was looking ahead to 2021 and kind of forecasting the hiring that they need to do and whatnot, we saw this surge between Thanksgiving and Christmas of companies getting in touch. We had so much unsolicited sort of reach out from companies. It was, uh, it was really cool to see just people who we've either worked with in the past, getting back in touch, or and just a lot of brand new companies who we had never heard of, who said uh, things like, we heard you on a podcast, or, uh, or you know, our CTO is familiar with you guys from the past. And, uh, we need some help. We we have hiring to do. And um, that is really where it changed. And the other thing I would mention is that, you know, the typical engagement for us is that companies will say, we need to hire one or two engineers. And uh, and that's great. And we help them typically. And, and then they're on their way. And they, you know, and then we always stay in touch and they may or may not come back. But one or two engineers has turned into, we need to hire one or two per month for 2021. And that and that is not just like one or two clients. That's a decent amount that uh, really have aggressive hiring forecasts for 2021. So that's that's the big change. It's just uh, like as busy as ever, and uh, you know, good time to be an engineer for sure. 
Yeah, I want to dig into that because when we last spoke in July, I was actually starting to interview at Textus and have since joined and I've been here for about six months. But I'm curious how many of the developers you're speaking to fit my profile because originally going into 2020, I didn't think I was going to like remote work. I had done it before. It wasn't very successful. I didn't have a proper setup for it. I was terrible at the work-life balance. But when I was forced into it in 2020, I realized that if I do it right, then it actually really was advantageous to my lifestyle. And so come summer, I was like, you know what? I, I have the power and position to start looking around and investigating different roles that could be remote permanently. So how many developers are you talking to that are now way more open-minded to remote work? Yeah, it's, you know, I think developers by and large have always been, uh, a lot of them have been open to remote work. Uh, we, we certainly st do hear from a lot that, you know, kind of prefer that in-person engagement and collaboration. Um, but you know, a lot, a lot have been open to it and kind of seeking it in the past. Um, the companies, obviously, you know, being kind of forced into remote, um, that has been super interesting to kind of see that evolution of. Uh, and and I, I may have mentioned this last time, I'm not sure, but I've just seen a lot more of it where uh, companies that uh, didn't think they could handle remote are suddenly finding out they can, and um, and, and developers too who had not been accustomed to it. Are, under, are kind of realizing that they can do it and, and seeing a lot of efficiencies there. So um, it's, it's, I think it's been a little bit of a discovery on both sides that, hey, this works and is actually working a little better than I anticipated. <laughs> and, uh, and that's just been a win-win, I think, for you know, going remote. <clears throat> so I have a close friend who's in a situation where they have a relatively large engineering team and about... I would say 25% of that team is made up of senior developers. And over the last couple months, one by one, those senior developers are leaving because they're finding remote opportunities that pay a lot more than they do in our local job market. Because I'm in a very reasonable uh, income job market in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I think this is reflected too internationally. So how have salaries changed? Are we starting to level out now where you can possibly get like a... Uh, an expensive city, you know, remote developer salary? Yeah, such a good point that you brought up. And that's uh, a real trend that we've seen uh, over the past now almost one year. So, of course, as we all remember, pre-COVID, uh, remote salaries were typically less. And it was usually for two reasons. One, I think companies recognized remote as sort of a benefit, kind of like a lifestyle benefit that was worth something, that was kind of worth money. And, uh, you know, oftentimes they would... Uh, ask a developer to take a little less for the convenience of working remotely. Uh, also, I, I think another thing is that companies, uh, they kind of know that uh, remote workers tend to live in lower cost, uh, lower cost of living areas in the country, so they kind of take that into account too. Well now, everything has changed because every, it's a requirement to be remote and you know, everyone's remote since March uh, and everyone's proven they can do the job and you know, companies have embraced that, which has been great. And, and I think the fact that uh, everyone is kind of forced into this remote game has really leveled the playing field and salaries have gone up because, um, it, and it's really been kind of like a, a rising of tides for companies and developers that we've all gone remote. And I'll explain kind of what I mean by that. I think for companies, uh, you know, they're loving the ability to actually find engineers. Um, the demand is definitely higher, but 
the when you remove the geography piece of the equation, and you know we're not you don't you don't have to find someone within 50 miles of your office. Uh, you can really hire the best talent wherever he or she resides, and that's that's so that's a big plus for the companies. It's just being able to to find more people. Um, for the developers, I, I think the fact that working remotely is no longer viewed as a lifestyle benefit that comes with a salary discount and, uh, and, and sort of the cost of living adjustment has kind of also gone out the window because everyone's remote. What we're seeing is that the salaries have gone up for all remote developers and started to equalize at uh, pre-COVID on-site rates. Um, so that's been interesting. We also have uh, you know, a lot of developers who and that cost of living thing, I, the reason I, I say that's kind of gone out the window a little bit is because um, we've seen a lot of engineers who were living in San Francisco, for example, or somewhere that's really expensive, and since they have to be remote, they've moved. And you know, their salary is already established, uh, and, and they're sort of being paid for their skills in, in, in the job that they perform and not based on where they live. Um, so that, that has kind of thrown a whole monkey wrench into that too. Uh, but, but all of these are... Uh, you know, reasons that the salaries have gone up. Now for companies, I will say, uh, if, uh, it, you know, it's not, it's, if you're a company who was remote before COVID, uh, you know, now you suddenly have a little more competition because everyone's remote. You know, it, that used to be perhaps a, uh, you know, advantage for some companies because they're remote, everyone else is, is not, or, or the majority is not, but now everyone's remote. Uh, one thing I will say for those companies, they might have a little sort of sticker shock that the salaries have gone up now. Uh, you know, the offers that they're making have to be a little higher. But if you were sort of a, uh, a hipster remote company, I'll put it, <laughs> where you, where you, you were uh, remote pre-COVID, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, it's not all bad because I think what you're seeing is that uh, if you as an organization sort of believed in the philosophy of remote pre-COVID, you really have it ironed out. It's really a part of the DNA of your, of your company and how you operate and just having that organizational remote philosophy pre-COVID and, and the fact that you're gonna stick with remote, um, it means something and developers recognize that and you know, it still makes those companies very attractive. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I've seen. I, I think because of all this, uh, it, it just seems like all of the salaries for all remote developers are now increasing a bit and um, yeah, no. Again, another another positive sign. I think if you're if you are a remote developer out there and you've kind of wondered about this and, and you know how compensation could be affected these days, it it has been and uh, it's, it's. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised if you kind of took a look what's out there. This episode of the Five by Five Ruby on Rails podcast is brought to you by Scout APM. Scout APM is application performance monitoring designed to help Rails developers quickly find and fix performance issues without having to deal with the headache or overhead of enterprise platform feature bloat. With the developer-centric UI and tracing logic that ties bottlenecks to source code, Scout helps you quickly pinpoint and resolve performance concerns like N plus one queries, slow database queries, and memory bloat. So you can spend less time debugging and more time building a great product. And with Scout's real-time alerting and weekly digest emails, you can rest easier knowing that Scout's on watch to help you resolve performance issues before your customers ever see them. Give Scout a try today with a free 14-day trial and experience firsthand why Rails developers worldwide call Scout their best friend. And as an added bonus for Ruby on Rails listeners, Scout will donate $5 to the open source project of your choice when you deploy. Learn more at scoutapm.com slash rubyonrails. 
Thank you to Scout APM for supporting the show. Yeah, that's so interesting because for me, I started at Texas in August of 2020, and it's looking like maybe if I'm hopeful that I will actually get to meet my colleagues maybe Q4 of 2021, which seems so far away. But really, it's the responsibility of the person to, you know, use the technologies that we have available to us. And they are significantly better than they used to be in order to build those connections amongst your coworkers. Now, what's interesting is that everybody, as you noted, is is remote right now. So how are things going to change once it becomes an option again? I'm so curious to see how much of the developer workforce readily returns back to an office or how many of them actually live in the town where their office is located and refuse to go back in. Yeah, yeah, I am too. It's going to be very interesting to see how that all unfolds. Uh, A couple leading indicators that I've seen are that companies who have uh, long been uh, on-site companies, you know, they, they're in a spot now where they're saying, look, you know what, we've kind of done the remote thing for a while now, it works, and um, there's no requirement to be near the office. So, but, but they have also told me that they will reopen the office. Um, so what they may require are some gatherings now and again, you know, they might have two meetings a year or something like that, or maybe a quarterly meeting where people do get together because they do still value that in-person time. But a lot of these companies that were only on site have, uh, at least for my clients, have made the decision to be more of a hybrid company going forward where they've made the commitment that, hey, if, if we hire you now in your remote, you will commit to that. Like, we'll honor that. You can remain remote. And, um, and it's worked. You know, I, I feel like thus far, I mean, everyone obviously is still remote, but um, people have bought in. They understand that that's just kind of the way it's going to be. Um, in some cases, I have had a few clients saying we really still we're happy we're all remote now, but we still want to hire people who are local because when the time's right, we we do all want to get back to the office. But by and large, I've seen a lot of companies just commit to being more of a hybrid. They have not given up their office space. They still do plan to get back there, and and kind of like having, you know, a bit of a sanctuary where you can kind of get away from the house, get get in a different environment, focus. And, and, and to do your thing and kind of be around others. But they're very welcoming of the fact that we're just going to kind of keep some of these tools and technology that's allowed us to collaborate remotely and, and we'll do both. And maybe require a little bit of on-site time, like I said, a couple meetings a year or quarterly, but, uh, but by and large be okay with remote folks now. So I think that's what we're gonna see. I have had other clients go in the opposite direction as well. I've had several not renew their leases uh, entirely and just say that we've kind of gone the other way where we're, we've gone from on-site to just all in remote and we do not plan to go back to the office. So that's happened as well. It's kind of been all ends of the spectrum, but the most popular one I've seen is, is sort of that hybrid where still hanging on to the office. Um, in some cases they're even open now for people who feel comfortable going in. Um, it's not a requirement, but it's there for you if you want to go in. Uh, so I've seen, a decent amount of that, but um, but they're perfectly happy allowing folks who want to remain remote, f- you know, next year and for the future to just remain. Yeah, it's looking like Texas is likely going to be a hybrid, but I'm curious: is Mirror going to be remote permanently, or do you plan on going back to the office? Yeah, uh, I'm actually in the office now, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, probably because it's a little quieter here when uh, recording important podcasts. I don't want to, you know, I got three kids that are going to be 
ready for breakfast and ready for school and, and they're still doing remote school. So, but yeah, no, we're, we're in that camp that the office is available if and when you'd like to use it. Um, the majority of folks are still uh, working from home and totally understandable there. Uh, in, in myself included, I've, most days are in, in home. Uh, but uh, I do like to come in and it's, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the future is a little uncertain, but for the most part, I think we're going to kind of fall into that hybrid category and hopefully one day we'll be able to all get back. The majority of the folks that I work with do live here, like in the Boston area. So it's, uh, it's not too bad to get back, but um, only when it's totally safe to do so. Awesome. Well, let's move on to our next topic that uh, you wanted to discuss, and that is... I think a lot of developers were on shaky ground in 2020. There were layoffs, there was some panicking, just really unclear as to what was going to happen with the market, you know, whether or not startups were going to survive, whether or not startups were even going to be funded or continue to be funded. And so, you know, we've entered into 2021 and, you know, things didn't magically get solved. You know, we're still fighting this uh, pandemic and whatnot, but people are starting to engage in a lot more long-term thinking. And as you brought up, we even have developers who are moving to different cities because they realize that they can. So how has the developer mindset changed as we've gone into 2021? Yeah, good good question. Um, and yeah, that was one of the topics I wanted to discuss because in, in it kind of gave it a, a quick little title here called Rusty Decision Making because, uh, you know, as I've been talking to engineers, it's just, it's been very interesting to watch the decision making process uh, from engineers and from companies, I would say, in 2020 up until now. And I think, you know, if I had to categorize it, I'd say 2020 was a year of checkers, not chess, uh, where people were just trying to get through the day. And, and when we did, it was a win. You know, so many, so many decisions that, uh, you know, on, on a daily basis, um, I mean, you name it. Do I, do I wear a mask? Do I not wear a mask? Uh, do I sanitize? Do I not sanitize? Are there too many people in there? Should I go in there? Should I not? It's there's so many just transactional decisions on a daily basis affecting our lives, and I think you know there's been a, a little bit of a shift away from that now, thankfully. And I think with so much of 2020 behind us or improving, people are starting to play chess again. Uh, but some of those skills are have been a little rusty. I think again we had all been making so many short-term decisions, and rightfully so, that the longer-term, more strategic decisions just had, were happening less often. Um, and so changing jobs is one of those, you know, very big decision. Uh, it's a long-term decision. It's not something to take lightly. I mean, there, were, there was a point in March and April where developers were getting laid off and there was a little bit of panic and people weren't sure what to do. And, and if I were lucky enough to help get them an offer, half the time people were barely listening to the details and saying, I'll take it because they just wanted something. You know, uh, and, and again, that's kind of short-term decision-making. But now things have, thankfully, you know, the vaccine's out, things are settling down a little bit, the, the whole remote culture is comfortable, um, and, and things are certainly improving. So because of that, we're, we're getting back to, you know, making sound longer-term decisions, and people are just a little more at ease, and, uh, and it's all good, all good stuff. So I'm seeing more of that, and, um, and I would say it's been a, a two-way street, you know, um, Startups have been super helpful with this. I think they're going out of their way to provide a lot more info in advance up front, not just about the job and the people and the benefits, but just about, like, about the interview process and like, truly what to expect so that every step of the way, uh, you know, it, developers understand exactly kind of what they're getting into, what's expected of them, um, 
it's been it's been very helpful on their part. I think developers too have been very transparent. It's kind of like a mutual transparency that I've seen that has led to better long-term decision making. You know, developers are very upfront now about sort of what they're looking for career-wise. Again, they're not just trying to get a job because they need income, uh, like we saw in the spring uh, of 2020. It's now okay. Let's and I've seen this. I've seen it too many times, and, and it's totally understandable. But uh, I've seen l like little short-term stints in people's resumes where they say, "Yeah, I kind of took that job because I had to take that job. It wasn't the best fit. I didn't do all of the sort of due diligence I needed to do around culture. I didn't ask a lot of questions I should have around like engineering process. Like there were some things I just I just lost sight of because I was kind of so focused on." landing another job because I needed it. Um, I, I, just, I just heard a lot of that and I don't hear as much of that now, which is good. And I think people are, uh, again, getting back to playing chess, just strategically looking at companies and just kind of letting the whole interview process and whatnot have more of a slow build um, and, and just being a little more patient so that by the end of it, they know they're making the right decision. This episode of the 5x5 Ruby on Rails podcast is brought to you by Raygun. Are you using the latest tools to monitor your Ruby app's performance? With Raygun Error and Performance Monitoring, you have all the information you need at your fingertips to quickly find and fix errors and performance problems across your tech stack down to the line of code. Raygun gives you real-time visibility into the health of your software so you can see how your code performs in the hands of who matters most, your customers. Save time, money, and sanity by visiting raygun.com ruby and join thousands of software teams who use Raygun every day to ship better quality code faster. It takes just minutes to set up and starts from as little as $4 per month. This is a tool you definitely want to check out. So head to raygun.com ruby to get started on your free 14-day trial or simply search Raygun on the Heroku Marketplace. Thanks to Raygun for supporting the show. That's such an interesting point about people having just short-term blocks of employment on their resume. When I was living in San Francisco, that was very much a thing because a lot of developers were betting on stock options. And so they would spend six months at a company, really not see that hockey stick take off, and they're like, you know what, I'm out of here, I'm bouncing. But back in Pittsburgh, like, that is a no-no. You don't do that. Like, you stay, you're loyal, even if it's not somewhere that you're satisfied with. And so I'm seeing a shift here where you're right. You know, as long as you can explain away why you have a short stint somewhere, it seems that companies don't really mind as long as you are effectively quitting and not just ghosting the company that you're working for. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... Yeah, no, things are in a much better spot now. I'm just seeing you know, much better decision-making and evaluation on the company's parts as well, um, all, all of those things. And so I think, again, you know, 2020 is behind us uh, and, and things are improving in 2021. So you know, hopefully that decision-making just continues to be refined and, and more long-term in its process. You know what's interesting too is that I have several friends who are developers who took this opportunity in 2020 to even start their families, which I find really interesting. Obviously, weddings are a faux pas right now, but you know, if they wanted to have kids or they wanted to get that dream job, in some ways it almost kind of, you know, nudged them to like get going. So um, if you can incorporate that into your career path, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, I did. I, I saw a lot of that too. I, I was really impressed overall with the sort of um, 
uh, there's almost like a little more courage uh, is probably the best word for it uh, on the part of engineers to explore what was out there in a time that was pretty turbulent. Um, and, and a lot of those things, whether they were sort of life decisions or career decisions, like I think people were, were really kind of prioritizing uh, what was important to them. And uh, in, in a lot of it just really ended up working out for the best, or at least for a lot of the people that, that I had worked with. And I was kind of very happy to report that. So one thing with working at Texas, I have been so lucky to work with these new coworkers, and I have learned so much over the last six months. It's just a completely different mentality than where I was prior. I love the people that I worked with prior, but there's something about this new opportunity and really making sure that I have a good culture fit at Texas. So I'm curious, have you seen any patterns with developers being focused on who they're working with? One hundred percent, and this is a great point. And I think I think you said it best. I think you know COVID has been uh, almost viewed as an opportunity to kind of reevaluate you know what's important. And I think what I've seen is that there's kind of an emerging point of emphasis for both developers and startups coming out of COVID, and that is to work with people they love. And you know while developers I think always seek a company whose mission is aligned with their interests. And that's very important. You know, you, you want to work for a company where you believe in the mission. I have seen a, a bit of a priority shift from the mission to the people when evaluating a company. Both are very important. The mission is super important. But there has been a, more, a little more of a shift that I've seen toward focusing on the people aspect. Um, and I think because if, I mean, if there's anything we all realized in the last year, it's that the people we surround ourselves with professionally have such a big impact on our lives. Um, and, and for startups, you know, we've seen an increase uh, in hiring for culture fit. You know, even if the culture isn't in the office, and culture fit may mean some different things too. I mean, it might not mean everyone likes to hang out at the same places and do the same things, but more that everyone shares the same sense of empathy and encouragement and inclusivity with their teammates. Like that's kind of what I've seen from the startup uh, perspective, you know, when it comes to culture fit. And you know, I think if there's one side effect of, you know, positive side effect of the pandemic, uh, it's kind of been increasingly easy to identify kind-hearted people. And uh, it, in, uh, I think a lot of developers and a lot of companies have really gone the extra mile to institute kind of a no-jerks policy <laughs> for, for uh, you know, lack of a better term. And I, I think that makes us all happier. You know, developers, they're, you know, they're, they're going to work with, you know, people, again, that they really connect with. Um, and, and I think uh, the companies are not going to, uh, you know, hire someone that is a bad egg for their team because that they can just have so many detrimental effects. Um, so, yeah, I, and, you know, I've had, I've, I remember I was, I was thinking about this topic and I've had a mentor in the past that um, said uh, to me, I think he was kind of dealing with someone that was difficult to work with. And he said, you know what you do when you can't work with someone? And I said, what? He says, you don't work with them. <laughs> and he said, and I said, I was like, well, yeah, that sounds pretty simple. But I think, you know, in COVID times, I think COVID has kind of strengthened in all of us the knowledge that life is short, careers are shorter, and we really should do everything we can to work with the people that we want to work with and love working with. Yeah, I completely agree with that advice. But what I want to add on to it is a lot of people don't realize that when they write that they come off like a jerk. 
And so that person might be just absolutely lovely to work with in an office because they have that body language and, you know, they have a way about them that makes it clear that they don't mean to be confrontational. But some people cannot transfer to Zoom or transfer to text. So I guess my first thing is if someone really is being confrontational and it's difficult to work with them, maybe just, you know, approach them and see if they realize they're being that way. It's amazing how many people don't realize that and they actually think that they're being assertive when they're actually being a jerk. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And, and oftentimes, and I always, uh, I always take the benefit of the doubt when it comes to anything written uh, that, you know, sometimes the tone can get lost in a text or an email. Um, it, but sometimes it, it's meant just how they mean it. <laughs> so, so you have to, you have to, but I always give the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but yes, you're right. When it comes to, uh, you know, someone kind of maybe losing that tone, but, uh, but maybe didn't mean it that way. I think in any of these situations, communication is so key, right? Just talking to and being upfront and kind of being out there and addressing whatever that issue might be, or just talking to someone about it just to make sure that uh, you know, things are on the up and up. I think communication is key. Anytime uh, we let things sort of fester and uh, you know, our mind can play tricks on us, uh, you know, it's, it's, just, it's always so much better to just kind of be out there, be up front, and uh, talk to someone about it if you sense that there's, uh, you know, if, if they're not being as nice as they could be. This episode of the 5x5 Ruby on Rails podcast is brought to you by Headspace. So you've probably tried meditation before and it didn't work, right? Or maybe you felt like you were doing it wrong? If mental health is part of your self-care plan this year, you owe it to yourself to try Headspace. I was skeptical, but I signed up and was really excited to see options that fit what I cared about. They had an option for meditating while running, biking, and amazingly, meditations for when you were in pain. As someone who recently twisted their ankle while running, this felt really personalized to me and helped a lot. Headspace can even help you tune into the moment with focus music specially curated by Headspace Chief Music Officer, John Legend. Let's face it, last year was pretty stressful for all of us. What if this year you had something to help you be less stressed and handle the ups and downs that life throws at you? You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace's meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com rails. That's headspace.com rails for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Thank you to Headspace for supporting the show. <laughs> I agree. And I think we all just ultimately want the situation that actually I currently have right now where I will log in at 8.30 in the morning and then I blink, Brian, and it's four o'clock in the afternoon because I just like what I'm doing so much and I really do love working with the people that I work with. So developers, you know, if you're listening, if you don't have that situation, then I highly recommend this is the time to start looking around. So, and that leads me to my last question, Brian, how can listeners reach out to you? Yeah, no, thank you. Um, well, once again, it was awesome to be on. I really appreciate it. And I love hearing from so many people that, that really do hear me on this podcast. Uh, you have a ton of listeners and uh, it never ceases to amaze me how many folks, you know, even months after an appearance will say, hey, I heard you. And, uh, you know, they'll say, I'm so glad your parents are doing better. I heard that uh, they, they heard that story from last time when, when I was on and uh, when my, both my parents went to the hospital at the same time. Spoiler alert, it all ended well, thankfully. Um, but uh, just little things like that and just people saying, uh, you know, I've, I haven't talked to you in a while, but 
I, I've been hearing you on podcasts, and I think I was, as I was telling you, this is the only one I'm on, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's great to, uh, to connect with folks. And yeah, anyone can get in touch anytime. It's Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at mirrorplacement.com. Uh, if you go to mirrorplacement.com as well, we have uh, like a live chat you can always take advantage of. If, if you get lucky, you, you might catch me. You could catch my colleague, Jonathan. Um, you know, there's always that way as well. But uh, yeah, and my contact info is all over the website, so you can give me a buzz if you like. But um, yeah, email is usually the best, and I'll get right back to you. Fantastic. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining me for this fireside chat. I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot, and it's so interesting how things have changed. Listeners, Brian has become an institution on this podcast, so if you have questions for Brian that you'd like me to ask him the next time he's on, please reach out. And, you know, of course, I have to plug as well that Us is always hiring, so if you're interested in working with me as well, definitely uh, reach out to me. But otherwise, Brian, um, here's to a successful 2021. Absolutely. Yeah. Best of luck to all out there. And uh, thanks again for having me on. You've been listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast on the 5x5 network. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded to stay in the loop on Ruby on Rails and open source software. While you're at it, please leave us a review. And thank you for listening.